0: Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Donner Talk podcast. Nick and Jesse here back again, another week. And today's episode, we're going to talk about narratives. Narratives about either fantasy football, about the NFL, about draft, just about anything, kind of open-ended. We're also, we're going to start with a little player debate. And then at the end, we're going to talk a little bit about the 2024 rookie QB class. Um, kind of excited. I've been digging into them and I'm excited to talk about that. But to start us out here today, Jesse and I had a little debate earlier um, about Devontae Smith and T. Higgins. I offered him... I have Devontae Smith on a team, and I offered him plus someone else for T. Higgins and another small piece. And Jesse's an Eagles fan. And I mean, I'm not an Eagles fan, clearly, but I'm also... I'm a T. Higgins guy, and I... Kind of thought it was a fair trade. Jesse kind of thought it wasn't, and when I look on keep keep trade cut, that's a common dynasty site. It actually has Devonte Smith a little bit over T Higgins, which was a, a big surprise to Jesse, and to be honest, kind of a surprise to me. So Jesse, I'll I'll toss it to you first. Like, what are your thoughts about Devonte Smith and T Higgins? How far uh, do you the really? The exact text apart?
1: that I sent you, I think, suffices in. Are you serious? Question mark. LOL. <laughs> um, yeah, crazy that keep trade cut has them the same, I think. Uh I just think in the long-term aspect of things, if T. Higgins were to get traded, if Devontae Smith were to get traded, um, I mean, obviously, uh Devontae Smith has his rookie deal, but if T. Higgins were to ever get traded away, he would be a wide receiver one at a, on a different team, whereas uh, I feel like Devontae Smith is a locked-in wide receiver two. If he goes somewhere else, he's going to be kind of like Chris Olave. He's always going to be a wide receiver two. Um, I don't think that he can, can be the wide receiver one, but in their current situations, uh, while T. Higgins does play alongside Jamar Chase, I don't really see the other weapons around him. I also see Joe Burrow as more of a passing quarterback. He doesn't uh scramble for touchdowns, run up the middle for touchdowns like Jalen Hurts. And um yeah, yeah, just on the flip side of that, Devontae Smith right now playing with uh, across the field from AJ Brown. Don't put AJ Brown in Jamar Chase level, but he's in the tier right below. And uh whenever you add in Dallas Goddard, Jalen Hurts, as I mentioned before, I think I sent Uh, Nick, a pretty good text of, uh, don't forget about our elite red zone running back. And then a nice little gif of my boy Jalen doing the Superman pose. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's just how I feel about Devontae Smith versus T. Higgins. I think it's crazy that T. Higgins is a little bit below. I almost thought about countering with something involving DJ Moore. But uh, in that team, I'm rebuilding. So I would like T. Higgins youth versus uh, DJ Moore there. And, of course, I was going to get some more pieces with DJ. But uh, I ended up not even countering it. just. yeah, yeah, that's how I feel, feel. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Um, I think I am kind of a T. Higgins guy. Nick's kind of sold me on him, maybe over the over the years. But uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely uh, on board with T. Higgins, and even with uh, Jamar Chase on the field, he's still uh, he's still going to produce right there with Devontae, if not more. The only reason Devontae Smith might be above an ADP is because of that uh, podcast that shall not be named that always likes to hype up. Their takes and uh, jacks up players ADP out of nowhere. Throwing it over to you, Nick.
0: Yeah, one second here. I'm. I'm I, I see
1: the- your eyes scrolling. I know. I know you're going <laughs> hard here. I know he's going to hit me with some stats. Let's hear it. Um. Here, one
0: second.
1: He's speechless. I got him. I (laughs) want the argument.
0: No, so with T. Higgins and Devontae Smith, Devontae Smith last season finished at wide receiver eight, um, which is higher than T. Higgins has in any season. And I know T. Higgins has never played a full season, but that could be an argument against T. Higgins, is he's never really stayed fully healthy. Like that's, that's been a problem. Like he's, he's missed, I mean, not extended period of time, but he's missed three games each season. Like since entering the NFL and Devonte Smith last year had more catches than T Higgins has ever had in a season. And he had more yards than T Higgins has ever had in a season. And they're both wide receiver twos. And that's what the argument I was using Jesse's like, Hey, you're a big Hertz guy. Like, why don't you want hurts is wide receiver two? And I'm, um, I was wondering, like, you seen a little regression coming? I mean, because that's that's part of mine. Is I, I think Hurts will regress a little bit passing wise, and I, I, I just don't see Devonte Smith getting that many catches, that many yards, that many targets next season. I mean, Goddard's going to be more healthy. I mean, he might. <laughs> I mean, AJ Brown also played a full season, and he hasn't done that in his career, and I just. Kind of see the Eagles offense taking a little bit of a step back with a new offensive coordinator. Um, And another thing is Devontae Smith, his frame. Like he's actually stayed health more healthy than T. Higgins to this point, which is pretty surprising. Like different from what I thought when he was entering the league. But I just don't really see Devontae Smith being a number one. Like you said, um, just like his frame, I don't see. I just don't see it. I do think T. Higgins, if he were to go somewhere else, I think he could be a wide receiver one. But that's the problem. Like, if he's on the Bengals, like, I don't know if I ever really see him being a top five, maybe top 10 player in a season. Like, because it's hard to do that when he's fully, when him and Jamar are both fully healthy in a season and they avoid Boyd, um, Mixon. And I, like, I kind of understand, like, thinking more on it like Devontae Smith being equal to T Higgins. They're both young, but I mean, I kind of like T Higgins. Um, I like his like kind of prototype. I like him as a receiver. And that's why I'd have him above. Cause I, I do think Devontae Smith will regress a bit, but I mean, T Higgins has got to stay healthy and we haven't fully seen T Higgins season due to his health. And we might not see his ceiling due to having Jamar Chase opposite him. And that. That could kind of be an issue, but, I mean, his talent's great. You,
1: you might have sold me. So I want to push back on something about Devontae Smith here. So the Philadelphia Eagles last year, they had the seventh most points in the first half of, of games overall throughout the season. I can't remember if it was 196 or, like, in the one high 180s, but seventh highest that's ever played in that any, any stretch, uh, any season in the league. They are the seventh highest uh, scoring team in the first half last season. That means that Jalen Hurts rarely had to throw the ball in the second half. And with that great Eagles defense that they had last year, there was blowouts. I could see Devontae Smith going up more. You know what? I might just go ahead and, and take this trade. I might I might go. You might have sold me because I disagree with the, everything that you just said there. Um, besides for the fact of T. Higgins. Um, having health issues, yeah. You you might have. All right, we we might be talking some more trade here because I do not see Devontae Smith regressing just because of Jalen Hurts. I think that he's going to. Uh, I think that Jalen Hurts is going to become even better, and uh, yeah, yeah. I'm. I don't know. We're. I'm. I'm ready to. After this this pod, we're gonna have to do some some dealing here.
0: Let's do it. I'm. I'm for it. Um, I, I did just look up like what I was trying to look up. I wasn't able to earlier, and Devontae Smith finished higher. He finished wide receiver 8 on the season. T. Higgins has yet to finish higher than wide receiver 18. That's a bit misleading. T. Higgins was actually had more points per game this season than Devontae Smith. But in Dynasty, people see wide receiver 8 on Devontae Smith's name, and they think, Oh, he's ahead of T. Higgins. Kind of the way it is. But no, I mean, I I feel that. I feel that. I like that is an aspect of the Eagles that if they don't have the leads next season, and if their defense isn't as good, which I do not think it will, I'm not as high on the all Georgia defense that the Eagles are gonna have. I think they're gonna slip up a little more than they did last season to where I think, yeah, their offense will be on the field more. That's a, that's a really good point And I'd be really interested to see how they do. And yeah, let's do that trade. I'm for it.
1: It might get done before this podcast ends. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Fingers crossed over here. All right. Next, we're going to move into the narrative section. And the one I want to start with and kind of will, how this all came about is tonight's the NBA draft. With the NBA draft there's there's a couple of prospects at the top that are, that were picked that they're picked solely because they are great athletes. They're good athletes. They're 6-7 and they're the most athletic players in the draft. They put up good stats. They they can score, uh, they can pass. So they're going to be great. They didn't play great competition, but They're tall and they're athletic. And my narrative is that upside is correlated right now, like across all sports, with tools, with traits. If if you have a great arm and you're fast and big, you have the most upside as a quarterback. And I'm kind of against that. And in basketball, like this these players that like they're the Thompson twins. Like, They play in the overtime elite. That's not great competition. And they're propped up because they're great athletes. So everyone's like, oh, potential. And I think back to Anthony Richardson. He's being drafted as QB1 in rookie drafts. And he was drafted fourth overall when, to be honest, he was not very good in college. And the reason why he got drafted fourth and why he's QB1 in the rookie drafts is because of this upside. He's fast. He's got a strong arm. he's big. He's got the highest upside i I just don't see that. I think I might I personally think the highest upside quarterback in the draft is CJ Stroud and CJ Stroud because I he has the best ball placement in the class and he showcased the ability to kind of escape the play uh, the pocket to be a playmaker. And I think it's more of a chance that he figures that part of the game out than Anthony Richardson magically decides. How to throw with touch how to layer his throws how to pick apart a defense how to throw a football and everyone's thinking oh he's got the arm he can be Josh Allen but I just like there's only one Josh Allen just like in basketball there's only one Giannis everyone's chasing the Giannis everyone's chasing the Josh Allen when it's just like those don't come around that often and when you look at the top quarterbacks in football it's Tom Brady It's Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Like do those guys, are they just unreal athletes? No. Joe Burrow? No. Jalen Hurts? No. Like those guys are not these unreal athletes. Like their upside was not created by having a strong arm and being able to run fast. It's being able to play the game of football and being able to do it well. Like I just think the idea of drafting someone based on some mythological upside when they're not particularly good at football like that's this, like everyone's kidding themselves like I just I just don't see that and I I also saw a tweet that's saying Christian Watson like I I know it's kind of probably a joke that Christian Watson has a higher upside than Justin Jefferson and that's just just because he's big he's fast and he's athletic and that's just not the case I mean there's there's a part of the game Uh, playing wide receiver position in which Christian Watson is not even close to Justin Jefferson. And he won't be, I mean, ball skills are more important than being able to run fast and being able to jump high. and the same with quarterback, being able to throw with touch, being able to be accurate, uh, make correct decision. That's more important than whether or not you can throw it far or whether you can run fast.
1: That's a, that's actually a really excellent point. It kind of, uh, it reminds me of a, a, He was always my favorite coach back in the in, in high school. I'm sure you remember Coach fricky He uh he used to say scouts are more worried about what you're capable of doing, not what you can actually do right now. They can teach you to play football. They can't teach you to be six eight and 330 pounds. So um yeah, I definitely hear hear where you're coming from there. It is funny though because uh going into my narrative that uh, I disagreed with, there was actually going to be the one exception of Anthony Richardson, but. Um, I, uh, my, uh, my narrative that uh, goes through the dynasty community that I disagree with wholeheartedly, and I rarely do. Nick can attest is a uh, drafting rookie QBs in in your actual rookie draft. Uh, everybody always likes to go for those, you know, top three or four guys. Um, in general, uh, I did mean to look up the stats beforehand, but uh, in general not ever, uh, you know, one out of three, I think is, is what actually hits maybe it's one out of four, but, um, that's a huge amount of draft capital that you lose in your dynasty draft. And, um, in general, rookie QBs not, um, they they don't hold the, the value that they do. Like some uh, people like to pretend, um, a great example was Zach Wilson this last year, uh, Several people out there were saying his value is insulated. It doesn't matter how he plays. Um, Whenever they drafted Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, those guys had extreme value as rookies, and then uh they lost value going into the second year, even though Trevor Lawrence was like the prospect of all prospects. And still, he lost some value. He do- he dropped the full round. Nick can attest, I was getting him in the fourth round. Uh, He might have been going even higher than that as a rookie and like higher than the third round as a rookie. Um, I remember a few drafts where that's where he was going, but uh, yeah, I remember getting him in the late fourth sometimes. And uh, yeah, I just think that I very strongly think that rookies lose value because they always go to a horrible team. That's how it works. They, Oh, the best rookie QBs go to a bad team and then they play poorly, believe it or not, whenever they don't have any tools around them, they're brand new to the league. They're trying to get used to the speed at the hardest position in the game if you're going to draft them, don't trade them away the next year. Like I catch so many people lacking in dynasty where the second year I got so many shares of Trevor Lawrence. I know Nick's gotten so many shares of Justin Fields for ridiculously cheap prices. And uh so that just led me to the conclusion. I mean, looking back throughout the years, the the real rookie QB that's uh, has kind of, broken that mold. The main one was Cam Newton. So that's the reason why I kind of saw maybe Anthony Richardson. But Cam Newton was a lot better passer. Uh, a lot of the things that Nick was saying applied to Cam Newton that uh that don't apply to Anthony Richardson. So um I could definitely see why you know you'd still following the same advice you might still shy away from Richardson. But uh just in general I stay away from from those top rookies, uh those rookie QBs. Try to trade those picks away, try to trade back get you some Garrett Wilson, get you, I mean, Justin Jefferson was like uh, an eighth, the eighth, ninth pick, like just trade back, catch those wide receivers. Um, and then of course, you know uh, there's the amazing talents of Bijan that, you know, I, I do agree with, you know, you grab him at one oh one. but yeah, just uh, in general, my, my take is just uh, stay away from the rookie QBs um, unless they're a crazy athlete like Cam Newton uh, there. And even, even, yeah yeah, yeah. So anyway, Anyway, that's that I digress.
0: Yeah, I mean I I definitely understand that. Another one is Justin Herbert. Uh, his rookie year he came in and he he balled out. But but, but um, where was
1: he drafted? Where was he drafted as a rookie? He wasn't one of the top top guys.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's fair. Yeah, yep, see? Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and one thing I'll like I'll kind of go all, like you touched on this a little bit is if you're going to draft a quarterback early don't give up on them after a year. Like that's the one thing not to do. Like it's a good time to buy afterwards, but it's just like, don't be a top team in the league hoping to win right away with a rookie quarterback and then be like, well, I can't do it and then just trade him. No. Like on my teams that I'm trying to win, I'll draft a rookie quarterback as my third QB. Where maybe late in the season, they start playing well to where I'm like, okay, I got a guy. But if not, I like to have like a Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, a Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, who you can play this year. And the next year, guess what? The rookie quarterback can come in. Because usually after a year, like, unfortunately, one part of like the game that's unfortunate is like rookie quarterbacks often like they're a coach that the head coach when they're drafted is not the head coach after a year. Like that happens a lot. And usually when they bring in another coach, like they're going to have an offense ready for them. They're going to bring in an offensive coach who's ready to work with these guys, like ready to work with Justin Herbert, ready to work with Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Like, yeah, I just, I'm one who does like, I do like to draft the rookie quarterbacks, but I don't trade them. Like you just can't do that. And yeah, I mean, I'm one if, they don't play. If they struggle when they play, guess what? I'll trade for them. I traded for Justin Fields last year, like in multiple leagues. I traded for Trevor Lawrence. Like it's just like that shouldn't be the case. Like don't give up on these people if you do draft them. And it's just like it's a problem. Like with people drafting them high, expecting them to be the Cam Newton, uh, the Justin Herbert, to just play well right away and then it'll hit. But it's just like expecting that to happen is slim. And it's just like when you draft them that early don't give up on them. don't do that like i don't know in general i would think in dynasty drafting quarterbacks high like you gotta be gotta have patience gotta be smart with it
1: i agree with you but i'm still holding to my uh to my to my statement so my yep. uh, a great example there would be zach wilson so because if you held on to him you'd, you'd really be holding the bag now so no i don't
0: know
1: that's just that's just uh yeah i'm I, i'm my advice out there, Dino Talk community, is do not draft him. Don't <laughs> draft him. Trade for him second year. Second year.
0: <laughs> yep. Nope. I respect it. I respect it. You laid out a good case. Um, The next one I'll go against here is there's a narrative going out there that Trey Lance is a bust. And after three games – in the NFL, I don't care what you thought of him coming in. I don't care like whether you don't like that he went to the FCS or like North Dakota State or whatever. You cannot call him a bust after three games. The, we are talking about it right now. Like We just discussed it. Rookie quarterbacks do not perform well. And a guy who is a project in the league who needs to develop, he's got a lot of potential, you cannot like he cannot be a bust after three games. and that's not in it's not only in the fantasy community, but I mean in the NFL, like the 49ers, if they go forward with Sam Darnold, which I personally don't think they will. I, I I'm not buying that narrative. I think I personally think Trey Lance is starting week one, but it's just like if the 49ers drafted Trey Lance to be ready from day one, then they're just kidding themselves. like that's a that was a bad pick, terrible pick. It's just like you can't call him a bust right now. I mean, but I also understand that Trey Lance just had a bad leg injury. And someone who's not fully developed yet and hasn't gotten those reps, having that injury, that can be pretty costly. And from that point of view, if he's not ready from his injury, I get it. But to just think, oh, he's not good enough, we're not going to play him, like that's just nonsense to me. Like I did, I just don't understand that. Like a guy that you draft based on potential to just give up after three games is, yeah, I just, I just don't understand that at all.
1: You did a great job of using my own point against me because I am a huge Trey Lance hater, but I haven't <laughs> liked him as a prospect. Uh, I I watched the kid play in Marshall, Minnesota in high school. And then all of a sudden the next year he's playing in the FCS and is the the number three pick in the NFL draft. It was absolutely bonkers. Um, I still don't, uh, I still don't like him as a prospect. I think that, uh, there's levels to this stuff and 16 games, obviously Nick, uh, Nick touched on all the things that I I don't like about him, but, uh, no, I mean, I, I definitely think Trey Lance is a bust. I think if you have him on your team, uh, probably right now is not a good time to trade him. You're, you're left holding the bag, but, uh, yeah, no, um, yeah, Trey Lance is is for sure going to be a bust. So okay, let me ask this. Let me ask you this, Nick. What was your favorite thing about Trey Lance after he got picked third a third overall? So after the draft, the draft night's over, what was your favorite thing about him? I know what you what it was. You told me. Let's see if you remember. What was your favorite thing about him?
0: Well, I mean kind of going against my first point, but I mean Got good athleticism. I mean, he's got good arm talent, and also not only that, good athleticism, good arm talent. He performed in college. He had 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and on PFF, he graded out pretty well as a quarterback. Like that's something that I didn't really look into at the time. I wasn't looking into quarterbacks like as seriously, but since then, I have looked into it, and he graded out pretty well. Yeah, and yeah. He he performed well, and he had good athleticism, but. I mean, expecting him to come in and all of a sudden be Patrick Mahomes, like, yeah, I'd be lying to myself if I thought that was the case.
1: Let me ask you something: Whenever a kid in eighth grade destroys the kids in junior high, and then as a fret they turn in freshmen in high school, do they j- throw them into varsity right away, or do is there levels to the game where you know you should play against SEC type players, you know, those big time players that? that huge 300 pound guy that can run just as fast as you. Um, so I, I, I think that all, everything that he did at the FCS level doesn't, i bit, bit the same as j- junior high stuff to a varsity kid. doesn't really matter. Um, but, uh, gosh, darn it. What else did, did you, did you say in there that I totally disagreed with? Um, gosh, darn it. I can't remember off the top of my head. I should have, put no, athleticism, it's on. Uh,
0: Oh, oh, oh well. your
1: actual – no. Yep, see, you don't even remember what you loved about him. Your favorite thing was Kyle Shanahan.
0: From a that, fantasy perspective, yes.
1: From yes. a fantasy perspective, and what are we talking right now? Fantasy, baby. So, Kyle Shanahan has given up on the man. That was your favorite thing about him. Um, and the other thing is if Kyle Shanahan couldn't make it happen, dude, who is – like, that? I just – yeah. Anyway, all right. I know we we got we got time to we had a time limit here, but wow. Uh, yeah. Trey Lance bust.
0: Boo. <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree, or I don't agree with that. But uh, I mean, the thing with Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan is very good at putting bad quarterbacks in position to be successful, and if he has a quarterback who he can turn into a good quarterback, and if he can have a good quarterback in his system. One with a lot of talent. Like, I just thought the sky would be the limit for that. But it's just like, I just don't know if we're going to see that. Like, with with his injury, and it's just like they're in a position to win now. They have Brock Purdy, who is a great distributor of the football, and he makes smart plays. I, uh, But at the same time, I don't think he's healthy. But we can go ahead and move on uh, to the next one. Oh. Uh, real quick, is, one?
1: is it possible that he was he's just so bad that even Kyle Shanahan couldn't make the bad quarterback into a good one?
0: Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will go on to my next one here. Um, rebuilding teams in dynasty. If you're a team. That is gunning for the top pick. Like you're kind of tanking, but obviously you got to still set your lineup, and yeah, you got to put your best foot forward. Just because like tanking a dynasty bad, don't do it. Um, but there's ways to tank. I mean, I mean, blatantly taking, don't do that. Don't bench your good players. But the best way to do it is a lot of people like to. All of a sudden, trade away their best players. Like trade away their wide receivers. That way, they have nobody on their team. Like they like to unload their top receivers, their quarterbacks. But I'm kind of against that. Like they like to get a bunch of depth, young players that maybe some of them will be good. But I'm a believer that if you're a team that's rebuilding, like you're going for the top pick, like you're kind of tanking, then I think you should get five to six top-level players. Like, at my best tanking strategy, I had a team with DK Metcalf. I had Devontae Smith, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then Justin Fields. Like, I had building blocks on my team. Like, I had guys, and Javonte Williams. Like, I had guys that, going into next year, when I'm going to be drafting high and I have multiple picks, I'm not going to be just sitting there to where, oh, I'll wait two years and see if these picks pan out. No, I'm going to be having all these talented guys, and I'm going to be inserting those top-level players into my lineup or trading them. And I think that's the best way to do a rebuilding team is not to just get a bunch of young players, young depth that just magically might turn into something in five years. No, you got to get top-level players to where if you only have five starting-level players, likelihood you're still going to be pretty bad. Like, you're going to be a team that's going to be competing for the top pick. And it's just next year, like, people fall in love with picks. Like, contending teams, teams that are rebuilding. Everybody wants those picks. And that's your chance. If you have multiple picks at the top, start dishing them out. Next thing you know, you got a top-level contending team with just one year of tanking. Get elite players on your tanking team. That's my narrative
1: i agree with that completely uh i think that yeah yeah the best strategy in tanking is to, like try to trade away all, all your depth for those elite players uh that's usually in, in late in the season uh that's what the contenders are looking for is depth because that's uh just with injuries and everything else that that's Tends to be what, what is valuable. Uh, I know that we're running out of time here, and you had quite a bit, a uh, whole other section that you wanted to go over. So I'll just uh, hit real briefly here. It's something that I've been saying uh, since we started this podcast Garrett Wilson, top three uh, wide receiver this year. That was a, uh, from Daniel Dopp today uh, on the ESPN network. So um, if you know, if you listen to me, you're welcome. The value is going up there. The value is going to be at that wide receiver three. Pr- Probably at least at least a top five wide receiver in dynasty for sure. Um, coming up here. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, but right before season, whenever ESPN starts uh starts breaking some news, it usually affects the ADP and so. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome, everybody. Do a little victory lap. Whoop, 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 uh, before the season even starts,
0: I love it. Great to hear it. Podcast paying off. Okay, we'll go on to the next section here. Um, 2024 quarterbacks. Um. I've been kind of digging into them for a while. I I kind of went into this offseason thinking, you know what? I'm going to love the 2024 class. This is the QB class. It's going to guide the NFL into the future. After watching them, I, I don't think that's the case. I think there's a couple good ones at the top. I mean, Caleb Williams, after watching him, I was thinking, you know what? Everybody's hyping this guy up. I just don't think he's going to live up to my expectations. First time watching him, I'm like, you know what? he's got a good offense next time watching him. I was just like, okay, this guy's different. Like he is a playmaker. Like this guy can make plays. Like I watched their bowl game against, I think it was Tulane. Yeah. And he just makes plays like this dude can just escape the pocket. He can make throws off platform that not many people can make. Like even in the NFL level, like, like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen level plays. Like, I just like, He's going to step in the NFL and he's going to be pretty special and I'm really excited for him. And in college, I cannot wait to watch him play. Like I am, I'm pretty excited for it. Next guys, there's, there's Drake may a couple other guys. Yeah. Caleb Williams, my QB one QB two settled on Drake may. I, I like Drake may. Um, I expected to kind of like him a little better than I did. Um, the reason why I settled on QB two is this guy can make plays down the field. Like he's got a high level arm and he reminds me a lot of Justin Herbert. Like I've, I've saw a comp once that and it's just like, he, he, he's pretty similar to him. He's got that high level arm. He likes to challenge downfield. He can run. uh, He can make plays out of structure uh, playmaker. Like, I think he's got a lot of potential. I personally don't think he's going to have a great season this year, but like just with an offense coordinator change. But I I still think NFL team stick with Drake May. Like I think he's got a lot of potential. Um, QB three, kind of a little bit of a surprise. It's Jordan Travis. Um, he's actually 24 years old. I think this is going to be a sixth college season. Um, laying my stake now, Jordan Travis is in the next Jalen Hurts. Jordan Travis is a guy that the very first time I watched him, I think it was three years ago. I was like, how in the heck is this guy a quarterback on a team like Florida State? Like, how in the heck is this guy even playing? Like, this guy was just like, he had a bad throwing motion, wasn't making plays, turned the ball over. And when looking into him this offseason, I was like, people were hyping him up. I'm like, okay, Jordan Travis, I saw him years ago. This guy impressed me. Like, statistically, he has improved every single season, every season. Like early on, he wasn't a big scrambler. He wasn't making a lot of plays. Like he was turning the ball over. He wasn't a lot, making a lot of big time throws each year. He's made consistent improvements all across the board. He used to take a lot of sacks. Now he doesn't take a lot of sacks. He used to have a lot of turnover worthy plays. Now he doesn't. He used to not make a lot of big time throws. Now he does. Like he consistently just keeps improving, keeps improving. And I love his receiving core this year. I think he's going to have a big year. Um, QB4, Riley Leonard, a big surprise. Uh, don't see him a lot of a lot of people's board, but Riley Leonard is a great athlete. He's 6'4, big quarterback. I think he's a guy that can really move up boards. I, I think he's a guy that can be a top 10 pick next year. Like, no one's talking about him. He's a great runner. Um, as a passer, he does a lot of short throws now. Um, he like, on occasion, he challenges downfield, but I hope this year Duke showcases him, allows him to kind of air the ball out a little more, allows him to make some plays. I'm excited to see how the season turns out, and hopefully he can get into the next year's draft class. QB5, I got J.J. McCarthy, Michigan Wolverine. Um, he wasn't great last year, but at the same time, that guy out of structure is tremendous. Like, he, he's a playmaker. Um, he's got a creative for an arm, good athlete. Uh, Big quarterback, Um, hoping he could add some weight, and I hope Michigan kind of opens it up this year and allows him to kind of make more plays. And guys I'm not a big fan of in this class, like Bo Nix, seeing hype on him, that guy, all of his passes are short. He had like 65% of his passes within nine yards of the line of scrimmage. No thanks. No thanks for me. Like he was good early on, he was bad, and everyone thinks he was all of a sudden good, but that's because they simplified it big time for him. Quinn Ewers, not a believer in him out of Texas. Uh, He just doesn't get out of the pocket. And I'm not a fan of that. I mean, he's got a good arm, but a lot of the time he just like step back and just yanks it downfield. Hope someone runs under it. Oftentimes he overthrows him by 10 yards, got a nice arm. I think he has athleticism. He didn't show it. He wasn't a playmaker. He just sat back there as a statue and just tried to air the ball out. And I mean, that's a lot of my thoughts so far. Um, watched about fourteen guys. Um Joe Milton, ton of potential. Hope he can build off his bowl game. Uh, got probably the best arm of any quarterback I've seen, even in NFL. Like that guy can throw the ball seventy yards just with a flick of a uh, flick of his wrist. And I hope he can get it figured out. I hope he can start layering his throws. But overall, um, not as excited about the 2024 20, class as I thought. Um, I think by the end of it, I think we're going to have maybe two, three first round picks from the class. Um, I hope we see more, but Jordan Travis is not one I see as a first rounder um, just because of his age. But yeah, that's the 2024 class, my early analysis.
1: We're going to change the name of this podcast from Dino Talk to Devi Talk. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no, i know lo- i love the takes. uh yeah i love that analysis that does help me out with some Devy, some debbie drafts uh that'll be coming up here so yeah i yeah, appreciate always appreciate nick with uh, with the early analysis of, of the new draft class
0: yeah I'm, I'm excited for the college season but that wraps us up for this week's episode um had a lot of fun today jesse
1: yes sir uh if you're uh, listening in you can find me at uh, jesse underscore or on twitter
0: and Talk me at, next week at PT Nick thirty two. Till next time.